0: So John chapter 15. Those of you who were at the prayer time. You may have spotted that the camp in the summer. That I'm involved in. Is looking at the so called I am sayings. Of John's gospel. And this evening. We're looking at one of those sayings. And in case you're not familiar with them. There are seven I am sayings. And in each one. Jesus is clearly showing. That he is God. He is inviting us to think back in our minds to the Old Testament, to the burning bush where God revealed himself as I am. So Jesus is saying here very clearly that he is God. And so we come to look at one of these sayings this evening. We're going to read. From verse 1 to verse 17. I am the true vine. And my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit. He prunes. So that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If a man remains in me. And I in him. He will bear much fruit. Apart from me. You can do nothing. If anyone does not remain in me. He is like a branch. That is thrown away. And withers. Such branches are picked up thrown into the fire and burned if you remain in me and my words remain in you ask whatever you wish and it will be given to you this is to my father's glory that you bear much fruit showing yourselves to be my disciples As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have obeyed my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete my command is this love each other as i have loved you greater love has no man than this that he lay down his life for his friends you are my friends If you do what I command, I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I learned from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you. And appointed you to go and bear fruit. Fruit that will last. Then the Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. This is my command. Love each other. Well, it will be helpful to the bookmark perhaps in that passage we're going to be looking at it after the singing back to the passage we're looking at this evening john chapter 15 found on page 1000 and 83 this week i was on a christian bookshop on the internet and i was having a look at their best-selling books and i noticed that a lot of these books had very appealing titles things like seven steps to living a blessed life or the secret to being a better christian books that promise transformation And crucially, don't actually involve all that much work. I'm sure you can understand the appeal, can't you? I wonder, do you ever think about your life and you feel somehow dissatisfied? There's sin and you just can't drive it out. You have problems with prayer or you have a lack of trust and you wish that you could change. Or maybe you look at other Christians whom you know and they're so godly and you wish that you could be more like them. There's lots of Christians who feel just like that. And that's why there are so many of these books. But this passage, John 15, shows us there is one step and one secret to living a productive and a godly life. It's something that is open to everyone. And yet so many people ignore it because they want something that's more exciting. Very simply, John 15 shows us the key to blessing is being joined in faith to Jesus Christ. And that's what we see in this saying, I am the true vine. We're going to note three things about this saying. First of all, true fruit comes from Christ. True fruit comes from Christ. Going to begin with a quick geography quiz. You can answer this in your head, but when you see a thistle, where do you immediately think of? Well, presumably it's Scotland. Just like when you see a shamrock, straight away you think of Ireland. Those symbols are so closely associated that you immediately think of those countries. Well, if you were one of the disciples in our passage, immediately, whenever you saw a vine or a vineyard, you would think of Israel. Israel. These men travelled all over the country, and everywhere they went, they saw vineyards. Some of the coins that they used would have had vines on one side. And here, in this part of John, these men are in Jerusalem. They're in the shadow of the temple. And if they were to just look at the gates of the temple... They would see a huge golden sculpture of a vine. In the same way that a Scotsman sees a thistle and thinks of home, these men would see a vine and think of their country. And there's a good reason for that. The Old Testament. Vines, again and again, are used as a picture. For how god describes his people and we sang there now from sam and god says this you brought a vine from egypt you planted it it spread throughout the land the whole picture is israel is supposed to grow it's supposed to spread and it's supposed to bear fruit everywhere it goes And the fruit that Israel is supposed to bear is holiness. And as it displays holiness, it is to spread God's word through all the nations. Other countries are supposed to be able to look at Israel. And they're supposed to be able to see the blessings of following God. People from those countries are supposed to look at Israel and then follow the God of Israel as they see this fruit. It's just like what God told Abraham in Genesis. His descendants are to be the source of blessing for the whole world. Now, bearing that in mind, you would expect, wouldn't you, to read good things about God's vine. You would expect to read about the delicious fruit that it produces, about how it spreads, how it grows, how it provides blessing. But we don't. Almost every passage in the Old Testament that speaks about the vine tells us that Israel is a major disappointment. They worship idols. They listen to false prophets. They steal. They lie. They commit adultery. The passages describe for us a vine that has gone bad, a vine that is afflicted by dead branches and thorns, a vine that produces fruit that is wild and bitter and in fact God at one point describes this vine as being so useless speaking about Israel that you might as well just throw it on the fire because at least If you did that, you would stay warm. Now, bearing that in mind, bearing in mind that Israel is the vine of God, do you see how shocking John 15 and verse 1 is? I am the true vine. Up until now, you thought it was Israel. But it's not. It's me. I am the true vine. This whole country, everything about it, has been pointing forward to me. All of the promises that God makes in Scripture about Israel, they are fulfilled in me. Israel is a bad, twisted Dead vine. But Jesus says, I am the true vine. Just think for a moment about how staggering that is. These men would have grown up so, so proud of the special position. That Israel had with God. And yet Jesus is saying here. Where is it that God's love is focused? It's in me. Where is it that you see holiness most clearly? It's in me. Where is it? or sorry, Who is it that brings God's blessings to the nation's? It's me. Who is it that displays the wonders of the living God? It's me. I am the true vine. Jesus is saying here he is the source of all of the joy, all of the blessings, all of the holiness, everything that's good in the whole world. It all comes from Jesus. I think it's hard for us to appreciate just how explosive and how controversial these words would have been. Jews grew up so proud of who they were. They had God's word. They had the temple. They had the services in the synagogues. They had the feasts. And yet, what is Jesus saying here? He's saying... If you are not connected to me, then you have nothing. It's possible to read God's word. It's possible to go to church. And yet to have nothing at all. Jesus is saying here, The only thing that matters is that you remain in me. That you have a real relationship with me. Everything else that you could possibly think of, all of it, is a secondary issue. And that's something that Jesus teases out for us in the things he says. Verse 5, for example. I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I am him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Jesus is saying here, if you are not in him then ultimately, your life is going to be fruitless. You could reach the very top of the career ladder. You could make millions. You could have a dream family. But ultimately, it counts for nothing. When your time's up, you have nothing that lasts. Verse 6. Jesus shows us. What it's like if you're not connected to Him. He shows us that if that's you, you wither, you live a shell of a life, and you miss out on the blessings of the vine. Verse 11 Jesus shows us what it's like to be a true branch. We have joy that is complete. Jesus gives us a relationship. A blessing that satisfies. Something that fills us. Something that doesn't rot or wither. That's what it means to be in Christ. And so the key question coming From this passage. Are you in Christ? Do you have a relationship with Jesus? Or to use the language of the passage, do you remain in Jesus? Are you trusting in Jesus to provide you with everything you need? Do you turn to Jesus in faith each day? Do you look to Jesus to provide you with your joy? Or do you look somewhere else for your blessing? Do you look for joy and meaning in your family? Or in work? Or in some other place that isn't jesus the passage is clear if we are to have any joy in life if we are to be in any way fruitful if we are to enjoy any of god's blessing then we must remain in christ and so i want to urge you this evening Don't look anywhere else for the things that only Jesus provides. True fruit comes from Christ. Secondly, true fruit grows in spite of hardship. True fruit grows in spite of hardship. What Jesus says here is actually incredibly encouraging. Think for a minute about what's happening at this point in John's Gospel. Chapter 14, this is just a few minutes ago, Jesus has told his disciples that he is going away. He has made it clear that he is about to go to the cross. Give it a few hours. And these men are about to see an armed mob. And this mob is going to come in the night. And it's going to take away their master. The man who they have depended on for three years. He's going to be gone. And then... Verse 18 of chapter 15. Jesus is very clear. It's not just me. that the world hates. The world also hates you. Can you imagine. How those words would have echoed. In the disciples minds. As they saw Jesus being led to the cross. A beaten bloody mess. As they saw him being tortured. And treated so terribly. And he has told them the world also hates you. These men have been given the job of spreading the gospel. It's their job to travel all across the world and to tell people about Jesus. It's an incredibly difficult job. And what makes it even harder is that Jesus is about to leave. He's about to return to heaven. And worse than that, everybody hates them. There are influential men who will do anything they can to kill these men. These disciples are going to be rejected and they know it. They're going to be locked up. They're going to be beaten. They are going to die. And as the odds stack up in their minds... Jesus reminds them here, I am the true vine. I am the source of fruit. What you achieve doesn't depend on how others treat you. In no way is your fruitfulness threatened by my returning to heaven. And it's certainly not threatened by the hatred of Of men. Notice the sheer certainty. Of verse 5. If a man. Remains in me. And I am in him. He will bear. Much fruit. Notice. What Jesus. Doesn't say. He doesn't say, well, as long as the soil is okay, then he will bear much fruit. And he doesn't say, well, as long as the weather holds up, then he will bear much fruit. Very simply, if you remain in me, you will bear much fruit. Must have been such a comfort for these men. But surely, isn't it also comforting for us? It's our ambition to go into Carrick with the gospel, and yet we're met with people who simply do not care what the Bible has to say. And even in the congregation here, there have been disappointments and it would be so easy wouldn't it to despair over how difficult our task is and so jesus reminds us here i am the true vine i am the source of all of your fruit and if we are in Jesus. It may not be quite the way we expect, but we're guaranteed here, we're going to bear much fruit. Maybe you're someone who worries about your family. How can my children possibly stay pure in this age of the internet? How are my children going to manage whenever they're outnumbered at school? What's going to happen to them if they go away to college? Jesus reminds us here, if your children remain in him, they will bear much fruit. comforting as well isn't it when we think about ourselves how can I break those sinful habits that I've had for so long how can I forgive that person whenever I've still got so many scars how can I be patient whenever my family are such hard work and we're reminded if a man Or a woman remains in me, he will bear much fruit. It's certain. It doesn't matter what we face. And the real tragedy is, and I think it's illustrated by the books that were in that bookshop so many christians go looking for shortcuts so many churches chase after the latest fad and yet it's clear here the secret to success as a christian is to remain in jesus and so i would urge you this evening make this your number one Priority. If you're serious about fighting sin and about being fruitful, well then, make your relationship with Jesus the thing that you value more than anything else. Make it your aim every day to draw closer to Christ. Always seek. To deepen the ties between you and Jesus. And crucially, make this something that you actively pray for in your life. Pray that you will draw nearer and that your relationship to Jesus will deepen. We need to realise... Coming to church, keeping rules, they only make us more godly if they help us to remain in Christ. Being a successful Christian means being joined to Jesus. And that means, by the way, if you're not close to Jesus... If there's a distance in your relationship, even if there's all sorts of good things in your life, well, then you're simply not a healthy Christian. If there's a distance in your relationship, well, you need to make sure that nothing distracts you from putting that right. The only way... To bear fruit. Is by remaining. In Christ. And I think. As well as. Everything else. This is something. That should liberate us. Verse 5. Especially. As we think. About our service. There are people here. And you're either too old or you're not able to help out with Friday nightclub. There are people here who don't have the gifts to stand up and to preach. There are mothers here who spend all day every day at home cleaning up after children, And making meals. And you can perhaps think. How can I contribute. To the work. Of the kingdom. Jesus shows us here. Everyone. Who remains. In him. Bears. Fruit. That person. Who can't play an active role. In all the events. Of the church. And yet. prays whenever they're at home. That mother who works unseen and underappreciated in the house, Jesus says here, if they remain in me, they will bear fruit. Our fruitfulness doesn't depend on the environments that we're in our fruitfulness comes from jesus the true vine so secondly true fruit grows in spite of hardship and thirdly and finally true fruit is the mark of a true branch True fruit is the mark of a true branch. Notice in the story we have three different people. Verse 1. Jesus is the vine. The father is the gardener or the vine dresser. And verse 5. You are the branches. People who claim to be Christians but notice in the story verse 2 for example we have two different types of branch there are some branches that bear fruit and there are other branches that don't and Jesus as he says this is giving us a serious warning the branches on the vine can be all tangled up it can be very hard to see which branch goes where all of the branches look just the same and yet some are dead and others are alive and jesus is saying here There are some people, and they look as though they are joined to the vine, and yet they're dead. There are people who go to church. There are people who memorise the Bible. There are people who look and talk and act just like Christians, and yet they are nothing but dead Useless, withered branches. They're hangers on. They have no genuine inward relationship with Christ. And Jesus is saying here the only way that you can tell the difference is by looking at the fruit. There are Christians, and they're timid, and they don't know exactly how to articulate their faith. But you look at their lives, and it's clear these people are connected to Christ. And on the other hand, there are people, and they talk so, so eloquently. They have all of the answers. They're confident. They're impressive. And then you look at their lives. And you see. They only look like they're joined to the vine. The question is. How does your life measure up? I think it's right that we inspect our lives for evidence of fruit. How do you view others? Do you consider other people to be better than you? Are you patient with others? Are you a kind person? Do you try to live at peace with others? And especially... Bearing in mind what Jesus says in John 15. Are you a loving person? Do you have a genuine concern for people in the church? And it's possible that as you inspect your life. That there's really very little sign Of this fruit. And if that's the case, well, then you need to ask a more fundamental question Am I remaining in Christ? I think, as well as that, it works in the other way, doesn't it? There are lots of Christians and they are plagued by doubts. They wonder to themselves, am I really a Christian? Whenever I became a Christian those years ago, whenever I asked for forgiveness, did I do it right? Did I say the right things? How come I don't feel different? Jesus shows us here, if there's fruit in your life, If there is evidence of grace in your life, then there's proof you are connected to the vine. I want you to notice in the passage that the father deals very differently with the two different types of branch. You have the dead branches and the father comes along and he rips them off the vine. He throws them into the fire. Because God has no time for people who go through the motions. People who sit in church, who talk the talk, (coughs) but don't have a relationship to Christ. None of that is good enough to spare them from the fire. But notice those that do bear fruit. The living branches. The father prunes them. He comes along with his knife. And he slices. He cuts off the mould. He trims back the buds. I've never seen a vine being pruned before. I wonder if you were to. To stumble upon that scene as the vine dresser is doing his work? Would you maybe think that he's lost it? Would you think as he takes his knife to the branches that he is destroying the vine? Might look that way. But the vine dresser knows what he's doing. He knows that the only way the vine is going to continue to bear fruit. Is if he continues to prune it with his knife. Last Sabbath. In the evening we thought about how God disciplines his children. Isn't this exactly the same thing? We feel the pain And the sharpness of the knife. God allows us to face disappointments. He allows us to go through trials like sickness. He allows us to be lonely and frustrated. He allows our prayers to at least seemingly go unanswered. But the thing is, the knife isn't a sign that God doesn't love us. The knife is a sign that God cares so much about us that he will never leave us to our own devices. The knife is the way that God keeps us healthy. It's what he uses to make sure that we bear as much fruit as possible. As God takes the knife to the branches. He makes sure. And he won't stop just because it hurts. He makes sure that we fully experience blessings of being joined to christ the true vine and so this evening if you are facing trial if life is hard i want you to be encouraged by this passage jesus uses even the most painful of our trials to make us more fruitful As believers, so we've seen Christ is the true vine. We have seen that we, if we are believers, are the branches. And no matter what problems we face, no matter how difficult life is, we're guaranteed in this passage. That we will bear fruit. We are guaranteed that we will experience and that we will display the blessings of being joined to Christ. I think I'll close with verse 11. We're told here two wonderful things about being joined to Christ the true vine. Christ Himself will joy in our fruit. As unimpressive as it may appear, the Saviour Himself will take the light. And the other thing is that if we are in Christ, Our joy will be complete. It will be satisfying. It will be fulfilling. And it will never pass away. Amen. Now let us stand as we come before God in prayer. our father we thank you for jesus christ the true vine we thank you for how while israel failed in its task while israel turned away from you and chased after things which do not satisfy christ remained faithful and fruitful and firm and we praise you father for how if we are your people we are connected to christ just as a branch is connected to the vine we praise you for how christ himself brings about fruit in our lives we praise you for how through christ you delight in the fruit that we produce and we praise you for how the many blessings that christ enjoys low to us on account of our connection to the vine Father we pray that you will be with each of us here this evening for any who are not connected to Christ the true vine we pray that they will put their trust in him, we pray that they will seek their joy and their blessing in the only one who satisfies For those of us father who are true branches and who are bearing fruit we pray that you will cause us to bear more we pray that you will foster the relationship that we have with our savior we pray that you will draw us nearer to him in faith and we pray that you will joy and delight in the progress that we make Through Christ, the true vine. Father, we ask it in his name. Amen.